Welcome to Breaking Stereotypes, where we will talk and take your nutrition, fitness, and mindset to the next level. Shy away from the talk? Never. It's time for you to break your mold and embrace the new you. It's time to break those stereotypes. Okay, awesome. All right. Hello, guys. Let me just tell you all that it took us about, I want to say 20 minutes to get this call going. Um, but we're here now and we're ready to go. So welcome back, everyone, to Breaking Stereotypes. I am your host, Dominica Jaramillo. Today, we have a special guest and as our very, very first guest on the podcast, her name is Cass. She is a fitness trainer, a, fit, a woman's coach. Her company name is Cass B Fitness. Uh, we've connected, along, I want to say, a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we resonate a lot. Like We try to broadcast the same uh, message in the same, I would say, like the same for like trying to motivate and inspire women in the same way. So uh, we got along together really good. I was in her podcast and I wanted to invite her to mine. So everybody, welcome Kaz. Um, and Kaz, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys. Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Like you said, you were in my podcast and now I'm here. So yeah, I can't wait for the conversation we're going to have today. I know, um, it's going to be well, a good like one. You said, yes. Um, like you said, my name is Kaz and I'm a certified fitness coach and health coach for women. And yeah, we do have a similar message in terms of um, helping women like get rid of this like yo-yo dieting cycle and living on a diet and just get freaking strong build muscle and just show up the way they're always meant to show up you know um i feel like most women will live in like a shell we can't use up any space we need to be like quiet and polite and all these things and i'm like the opposite i'm like no we're here like you like the name of your podcast like breaking stereotypes i'm like no take up space and show up the way that you were meant to like you were put on this planet to do something show up like her so that's a little bit what i, I do <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's me I love that. I love that. Um, perfect. So today, the topic that we're going to talk about is going to be mostly about myths in regard of weight loss and just what are misconceptions? What are things that are the negative downfalls of uh, dieting and all these things of long term that we're going to little touch base into? And if I'm not mistaken, Cass, you've also had your own personal experience with weight loss and yes. kind of how it affected you. So I would also love get to know a little bit of how it was your own experience and just so we could bring a little bit more awareness to the listeners uh, to whoever is here that um that's not always butterflies when it's, it's in not. regard of when it's in regard of weight loss um before we were on i Cass was telling me how she used to help females give her period their periods back and that's i think something so powerful to do and it can also be one of the downfalls of that long-term dieting that you, we unfortunately kind of lose that connection with our body. So 
I have some questions for you, Cass. I hope you're ready. I can't wait to, yes. to get into your brain and get to know a little bit more about it. Let's so see. One of, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the first questions that I have is what are the most common myths in regard of losing body fat? And with that being said, I know that one of the most, I would say, common ones that a lot of people know even though they aren't too much into nutrition and just fitness and health is that there's a starvation mode there is um i want to get to know what you have to uh, what do you think about keto diets juice diets wow. the, <laughs> the common right the common uh, oh my god my meta metabol um, metabolism is damaged and most important what are the downfalls of intermediate fasting so if you mm -hmm. want to touch base into all of them what are what resonates more to you and if you mm -hmm. um, think of anything else please um, add to it okay um, let's get started with that um, I just want to say that I fell for all these myths. So if you're listening to this and you feel like you're, I don't know, doing something wrong, don't worry. We've all been there and we're here to learn better ways, okay? Because sometimes I feel when I talk about myths, people get a bit like offended, like, oh, but I used to do that or I'm like currently doing this. I'm like, I'm not trying to offend anyone. <laughs> I'm just trying to improve everyone's life, okay? Yes. With that being said, <laughs> um, yeah, so with that being said, let's start with maybe starvation mode. So mm -hmm. I love this myth because I used to believe it so much. I was like, I used to live by this. <laughs> and I was yeah. like justifying my behaviors with this. So starvation mode is this belief that when you're eating too little food, you will start to gain weight. So basically your body is going to hold on into every possible calorie uh, because you're not eating enough. So you're not eating enough and therefore you're gaining weight. Okay, this mm -hmm. is not how it works, okay? This completely <laughs> disregards the law of thermodynamics. And I always say, like, this is physics. It's like disregarding the law of gravity. Like, it yes. just, it's not how it works, okay? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm super passionate about this. So if I get, like, all bumped up, I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> um, so the thing is, there's this principle that says that, like, to lose fat, it's all about energy balance, right? You need to be in a calorie deficit. If you are eating too little, you are gonna lose weight until you basically die. That's what happened to people that are like starving to death. They literally die. Um, and I always like to use as an example, it's a bit rough, but we don't see people in concentration camps like gaining fat. Like if, if you look at the photos from the Nazi era, they were all peeled to the bone. They were like starving to death and some of them, died <laughs> because they didn't have enough food so i've never seen someone or any research or any real case application where you see people not eating enough and gaining weight so mm -hmm. this is just like a myth that people use to justify their behaviors by saying like oh i'm gaining weight but i'm on a diet like i'm not eating enough mm -hmm. that's why it's like no if you're gaining weight you're eating in a calorie surplus or an en energy surplus so you're eating more than what your body needs yes. simple as that Yes, I so, love that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I love that you I mentioned like... <laughs> about um, um, about the whole like actual people living in these poor conditions that unfortunately they don't have 
the benefits and just the opportunities mm-hmm. that we'd have. And it's so um, it's so true that when we really get to touch base in, and even if we, we don't have to look that far away, but if we just look at third world countries, we could yes. see the, the this going on currently. So it's amazing to get to know that is this is false. And if we really touch base and get to see what's going on in the world, outside our world, we, we can see that currently this is happening. And mm-hmm. something that I wanted to add in that is that we can start going a little bit more touchy, like yeah. into the nitty gritty after that. Um, a lot of people, what don't they don't understand is that once we start going into this long dieting and long um, low calories, we our body needs to, I would say, um, so our body is constantly uh, burning calories, right? But once our body starts being depleted, depleted about calories, it has to consume or it has to grow on lower and lower, lower energies. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we're just in starvation mode and we're just saving up all these calories and we're going to gain weight. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no. It just means that our body is needing to use less energy because it is trying to keep us alive. It is trying to keep us into this, like, because our body doesn't know that we're trying to get slim for the summer. Our body just (laughs) knows that it has to survive by the conditions that it has currently right now. So a lot of people, I think they have it confused that it's um oh i'm in starvation mode it's no it's not that is that our body your body is having to row on lower like just kind of like mm-hmm. a, like a car you know it just has to row on low on lower energy and lower oil and lower calories because of the conditions you're giving it but it doesn't mean that it's sustainable and it does not mean that you're going to gain weight from it so that's a little i wanted to add a little bit about that but you explained it perfectly and i think you opened a lot of eyes in regard of like what is really going on with this high starvation mm -hmm. mode i feel like a lot of people and i've heard a lot um a lot People saying like, oh, I eat just lettuce and I'm gaining weight. Unless you're eating like 3,000 calories worth of lettuce, which is like <laughs> impossible every day. Right? Impossible. <laughs> um, like it's just not possible. And people, I think, and it's, it's something I used to do so much, just have no awareness of how much mm. they're truly eating. So mm-hmm. they believe this myth. And what you were saying about this, how your body has to run on lower calories, I guess it has a lot to do with what you mentioned before about your metabolism being damaged or broken. Mm -hmm. And I think we can jump to that one because it's like totally linked. So um, when, like you said, when you are dieting, your body doesn't understand that you want to be leaner or look better for summer or for a wedding or whatnot. And yeah. your body is just trying to keep you safe. And at some point when you're dieting, you, you will experience what it's called metabolic adaptations. So your body will adapt its metabolism to match these lower calories. And this is also part of like the plateau we see. Some people mm-hmm. get to when they're dieting. Not everyone experiences it at the same level because we're all different. Mm-hmm. But it does happen at some point in your dieting like journey. <laughs> Um, you will experience some metabolic adaptation um, yes. and this like metabolism being damaged is 
in reality, it's not damaged. It's just unregulated. So your body, mm. like you all said, just is running on lower calories. And as soon as you start eating more food, your body will upregulate back to its usual baseline and like its usual yes. speed. Yes, I like so that. So that is... Um, Yeah, because I I actually had a client call a couple of days ago and she was like, I'm sure I'm not losing weight because my metabolism is damaged. I was like, no, you're not broken, yeah. you're not damaged. It's only yeah. been like downregulated for all these years of like your your dieting and yes. running on so low calories for so, so long. So now, mm -hmm. so I always like to explain this with an example. So let's say your maintenance calories are 2,000. So that is how much energy your body requires on a daily basis to maintain its weight. Mm -hmm. um, and now you are giving your body 1,500 calories at some point. So let's say we have, like, if you can see the video, <laughs> you have 2,000 and you have 1,500. <laughs> if you're listening, then you can see it. Anyways, um, and then your body will have to, like, downregulate to match those 1,500. And at some point, those 1,500 that were your deficit, now is your maintenance. Yes. Um, and this is what people say it's damage, um, when in reality it's just unregulated. And like I said, when you, you can gain weight and then your metabolism will upregulate, or you can just eat more food until you bring your maintenance back to where it originally is in terms of your yes. genetics. So all of this is like just based on your, your genetics. And we yes. actually see metabolic adaptation like upwards so when we try to go into a growing season and we try to bulk a little bit um we do see there's metabolic adaptation when we eat in a surplus as well mm -hmm. but it's th theorized how do you say that word <laughs> um there's a theory that says that because over the millions of years we have adapted more to staying alive with less food because there hasn't been mm. food available like we have today mm -hmm. um so our ability to downregulate is much more efficient than to upregulate but we still mm -hmm. like our metabolism is still able to upregulate we just haven't had as much practice we only had like this what abundance of food for 50 100 years yeah. maybe I so, love yeah. that. I, I love that you just gave that example because it's going to bring a lot of eye opening to this whole like metabol uh, met metabolism and this whole like um, down regulating, up regulating. And mm -hmm. I, I just love that you just added that because a lot of it could probably bring a lot of eye for some females that have been wanting to enter into an build and they're just kind of skeptical about it because they mm -hmm. don't want to like gain weight gain body fat so i love that you added that um and then to add to what you were saying is that i love that you mentioned that a lot of people over a lot of people underestimate how much they eat and they overestimate how much they how move much they move yes yes so it's like this little like yin yang type thing and once we actually start putting everything into paper is when we're like oh i'm eating 200 300 500 more calories than i thought it was and i'm taking 5,000 steps less than I actually did or I actually needed. So mm -hmm. it's very important to, and that's why as coaches, we have so many biofeedbacks for our clients because it's yes. important to know and understand what is going on. And it's not only about, yes, it's about counting calories and tracking, but that is the reason why. Because so we more. need to, yeah. yes, we need to know what is actually going on 
to be able to be the ones that are like, okay, this is the t the step that we need to take to continue this fad loss mm -hmm. or to continue whatever the goal is. But that is why we ask for so much biofeedback. Yes. Whenever I tell my clients, I'm like, I know it's a lot, but <laughs> it's for yeah. it's for a reason. Same so, when I show um, them my yeah when I show them my spreadsheet, I'm like. I'm sorry, but I do need all this information. Like I truly need it. This is like the minimum yeah. I need. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's it's so funny because it's true. It's true. Like we need to, we need to get to know our clients in in a deeper level. Um, yeah. And one of the, I wanted to add something else from what you mentioned mm -hmm. that um, that is true. That we just kind of like enter into this like maintenance state, no matter if we go upwards or downwards. But something that I love to get to experience, like on one to one, is when. I receive a long-term dieter, like a client, a new client mm -hmm. that has been dieting for so long and I start upping her calories and she starts losing yes. weight and she starts getting this like body recomp where mm -hmm. she's noticing the difference, not only the scale, but on, but also like visually. And it's like, she's like, oh my God, I can eat more and start like start accomplishing and this. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you can. And it's yeah, funny I though, actually, it's like, yeah. It's funny though, because like a lot of women don't understand that we should be eating around the 2000 calories and a lot of females don't reach that 2000 calories. Like I, I had this client, she was, she told me that she would only eat crackers and like water for the day. And like, we're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like we're, we're going to change this whole thing and working now. And like, she's eating more than she's ever eaten, eaten in her life. And she's experienced so much fat loss that, and so yeah. much like recomp that like her abdominal uh, fat is it's disappearing like she's so happy and it's this whole concept that's like we don't that's need fantastic. to deplete our bodies with low calories mm -hmm. yeah i actually found myself i was thinking about this like a few days ago that every single client i have at the moment i'm doing a reverse diet with like really they okay. all came to me yeah because they're like chronic dieters so they come to me they're like oh i want to diet like you know how to do this like i, w I want <laughs> to finally lose this weight that i've been trying to lose or lost yes. and gain back over and over again for 10 years you're gonna help me and i'm like yeah i look at their biofeedback everything i'm like yeah you know what we're not gonna diet <laughs> like i'm yeah. gonna show you a different way to achieve results and yeah and i was analyzing the other day like all my clients at this point were doing a reverse, um, wow. which I love because I'm like, I get, I get to make them like, yeah. eat 2,000, 2,200 calories and they yeah. get leaner, they get like abs and they're all, all happy. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's all yeah. about eating more food makes you so much happier and stronger. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and talking about that, like it goes so in line with this, one of the myths that I wanted to touch on that I forgot to mention before <laughs> is um, expectations. We have this, oh, there's like a myth, like you ask anyone that's not a coach, like, and they think that you need to be losing fat really fast, that this happens with keto and everything, you know, going around like two weeks, if you haven't lost 10 pounds or whatever, you know, marketing, like lose 20 pounds in 30 days. No, 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 no. This is not how it works. Yes. This is a big yeah. myth and like having the wrong expectations. And we have them because we were brought up in this industry, seeing all these marketing techniques and yes. detoxes and everything that we're going to 
talk about um, telling you, oh, you can lose 30 pounds in like no time, like wake up, have your weight. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah, and it's, it's just not, not how it works. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think that's a big one so, that as a coach, I think we need to manage really well with our people because they're like, oh, I'm not making progress. I'm like, you're losing like around 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. That is fantastic progress. That is yes, like so, yes. so good. That's, um, and so, that's yeah. another thing I was, um, so yeah, so this whole like getting diet, well, chronic dieters in something mm -hmm. that like a lot of people don't don't know i would say um because you don't know what you don't know right and if you've never got to work with a, a coach that actually cares about you and cares about your health and your goals when you when i come when i receive new clients or when i receive people that are wanting to get to know kind of like what is how to reach their goal i get to tell them like all right especially like if you've been dieting like no, 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 we got to up those calories and yes. we're not upping those calories in just a matter of like a week. Like we got to slightly time. increase calories by time and then hold for a while maintenance and then we can decrease the calories and lose body fat. Exactly. And then same thing, like if someone's wanting to build like her body, her physique, it's not going to be a matter of like, okay, we're going to get you in a surplus for two weeks and then diet you for two weeks more and then you have your physique. It's like, no, like we yeah. have to have at least a minimum of three months of building to get to see where you are at and then potentially then decrease body fat. Um, but overall, like mm -hmm. you would want to be in a uh, build for six months and a lot of people don't understand and it could be because of these marketings that these results take time. They take a lot yeah. of time and it's not, and we as like coaches who actually care about them and care about the, their health and know how to do this the right way, we have to give them the actual timeline and tell them like, hey, yeah. you can go find like another coach that will do it in a month, <laughs> yes. but it does not guarantee you that he's gonna do it. But after that month, you can come back. Yeah, yeah. you can tell yeah. them after that month, you can come back and we'll do it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, so I just think that that just it's hilarious. And what you mentioned that it's so true, though, because like, I've had clients that um, they lose about about half a pound over like a week. And they're like, Oh, it's just half a pound. I'm like, half a pound is amazing. Like half a pound is really good. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and that's I mean, especially thing. if it's just pure fat. Like, yeah, it's yeah exactly. exactly. So, and, and that's another thing that's like, um, I don't know if uh, you get to experience this, but like by having clients with different lifestyles and different ages, different journeys, different histories, the rate of fat loss is drastically different between each other. So if like I get to post a client that I tell like, oh, she's lost this amount of weight in this amount of time. And then I have another client that has not been able to reach that and has been like maybe doing it twice the amount of time as the, as the mm -hmm. client number A, I tell them I and I show them like, all right, it's it's okay because she doesn't have these stress factors that you do. She doesn't have all these like, um, she did. She doesn't have kids. She doesn't have a job to attend to. And this is like just like putting case studies out there. Like, you you have to as also as coaches and also as whoever is listening to this, you have to understand that you can't compare 
different journeys because we all have different stress factors, different recoverability, different rate of fat loss. And just because we might lose a little bit less than someone else, it doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. Exactly. So perfect. Yeah, I was um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was um, talking to a client the other day and she, I'm on a fat loss phase at the moment and she was like, and I've been sharing my weight a lot so I can show people that weight doesn't matter. It's about yes. fat loss, not weight loss. And she was like all discouraged because I've been losing like faster than she has. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. like, no, no, like, wait, that's not the point of me sharing my weight. First of all, yeah. and second of all, like we are completely different people. Like I went through two years of like up, up regulating my metabolism I have a shit ton of muscle compared to you like you just can't yeah. compare like she has two kids I have no kids <laughs> so yeah like, it's just like completely life. different yeah it's so yeah different. I'm like no no you can't compare yeah yeah but at the same time she was like no yeah, she was like, I've never seen my body the way it looks now. And I'm like, there you go. That's what matter, you know? And, the, and her husband's like, wow, you're looking amazing so far, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, that's, that's that. the most important thing. Yeah. yeah but, but it takes exactly. um, awareness, I guess. Yes, yes. And that's good. And I like that whoever's listening to this, that it's very important to understand that it's not you to definitely not even compare yourself with a coach and that's what i tell all my clients like this mm -hmm. is my job like my job is it to be at the gym my job is to take steps like this is like this is my job this is where i make yeah. money your yeah. job is completely different like i have the opportunities to do these but because it's mm. my job and because that's another thing like I don't have kids I don't have like I have two dogs that they drive me crazy that's for sure but it's definitely not like <laughs> a little baby that's like crying or demanding yeah, it's, crying. So it's yeah. a whole different story whole different story yeah but I um, always I definitely yeah I definitely want to touch base into the juices, um, the keto, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, intermediate fasting. So what are your thoughts about yeah. that? Okay, let's go. See, I can talk about this all day. Okay. I love okay. that. Intermediate fasting. I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I literally could speak for hours. Anyways. Um, so intermediate fasting. What is most important, I think, about this is to understand that it's not superior for fat loss. So like I said before, we have the principle of energy balance, calories in versus calories out. The only way to lose weight or fat is being in a calorie deficit. There's no way around it. Unfortunately, like I said before, it's like the law of gravity. Yeah. We can't, we, there's just no way around it. We can play with it. We can, there are different mm. methodology to approach a calorie deficit, but the principle remains the same. So with intermittent fasting, it, it's not going to yield better results as just getting in a calorie deficit and eating as many meals as you want in a day, as long as you stay within your calories. Um, mm, so what matters is your total calories during the day, not the feeding window. That doesn't matter. You can eat all your calories in one sitting. I wouldn't recommend, but you could and still see results. Or you can eat six, six, eight times, which I wouldn't recommend either, but, and see the same results as long as you're within your calories. Um, yeah. and something that we, that you mentioned at the very beginning about like hormones and stuff, 
Um, for women, there's a little bit of research. There's not much with women's training nutrition. We don't have like a big pool of representation, but still oh, yes, have a bit of true. research showing, yeah, showing that intermittent fasting is not ideal for females because our brain and our sexual hormones don't like like being in a fasted state. They actually like a constant flood of food um, to feel safe. So imagine your body's trying to keep you safe, right? If you don't feed it, feed it for like 16 hours, your body goes into this mode where it's like, oh shit, am I going to get food or not? What should I do? Should I turn like mm, the reproductive yes. system off? Because how are we going to sustain a pregnancy if there's no food? No, that. you're going to die. I need to keep you safe. Yada, yada. So our hormones need a constant flow of food to operate optimally. And like, we already fast long enough when we go to bed, like eight, 10, 12 hours, depending on how many hours you sleep. Um, yeah. I don't like to eat close to, to going to bed. So I fast like about 10, 12 hours easily every night. That's more than what my hormones would like. So adding an extra window there, like I just don't see it. Um, and also yes. if you train in the morning, you really want to get some food in to protect your muscle, to have better results, better performance, better mood, better everything. It will be a game changer if you don't eat breakfast and you train in the morning eat something like yes even like an intro workout like anything oh yeah I, I i love that you mentioned this whole thing about um our body saying like when are we gonna eat like and it's saying like no like if we can barely sustain ourselves how are we gonna sustain a, a child so that plays a huge role with fertility that it's like, we're not going to be, and we're not, and this is for someone who's wanting to conceive, we're not going to be an, um, be optimal for growing a human life if we are um, fasting and we're doing this whole like intermediate and like not even mm -hmm. eating for a huge uh, window. So like, because we're not having a proper, we're, our body's not properly functioning to develop a child in us so mm -hmm. it's very important and i think it's not talked enough that fasting and fertility just do not go along like we are unfortunately not going to be able to conceive because the body that we have the conditions that we're putting in our body is just not optimal for human growth so i love that you added that and i love that you mentioned yeah. that um do you yes. want to add anything else about intermediate fasting um not, not about that, just touching back on the hormone like aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Your brain, like we have to think about like our primitive brain, right? So this brain that has evolved, but hasn't really evolved <laughs> to be honest, from like the past thousands of years. Um, so still it's like, okay, I'm not getting food. Like I, I imagine like this, like have you watched Inside Out, the movie? with the little people inside your brain that they oh, like yes. emotions. Okay. Yes. okay. So you have emotions. Okay. Now think of more like rational and you have this guy in your brain being like, okay, it's been like 12 hours with no food. Um, are we going to get food? No. Okay. Let's shut this system down, which is the reproductive mm. system. And then, then you feed your body and it's like, yeah, we've got food, but are we going to get food again? Or maybe it's going to be another 16 hours or is it going to yeah. be longer? And, and your brain is like doing all of this without you noticing. Yeah. So you're just like hurting yourself, hurting your fertility, all of this. So, so just don't. Yeah, <laughs> just, and, just don't do it. <laughs> I think it's very important to note that also just because like 
because we are young and because we are like or whoever that's just not wanting to conceive at the moment it doesn't mean that it's just going to be oh just because i don't want to have babies that's going to be optimal for me no not entirely it, even though it's still like we're not wanting to conceive at the moment it's still like if we have all these win like all these like fasting and this big amount of windows where like our body and our mind our brain are just not connected it's gonna take a while once we stop fasting or once we stop doing all these crazy things for our body to and our mind and everything to connect again to be able to conceive without no issues so yeah, i love that you added that yeah and adding on what you just said not only is important to be able to conceive at some point if you're looking to have babies at some point in your life but estrogen is incredibly important for bone mm. health so even yeah. if you don't want kids ever in your life you still need to have healthy sexual sexual hormones to have healthy bones unless you want to wake up one day go to a toilet in the morning and break your hip so yeah. um, i'm sure we don't want that <laughs> so um it's it's important for bone health as well and it's yeah. even and linked to we... cardiovascular health with, with a lot of things, with um, preventing Alzheimer's disease, and I think we can make a whole topic and a whole podcast about yes. um, the contraceptive pill and then just how wow. it's the negative downfalls. Don't even. <laughs> the, don't the, don't the even. Wow. It's it's a oh, whole man. it's a whole different topic and um, it's something that I personally am trying to bring more awareness to my audience and my because it's I still a little that. skeptical. Yeah, it's still a little um, like people are still a little iffy about it. So you just kind of like mm. have to show it yeah. in the right way. But we could definitely bring you back a, a lot, uh, back onto another podcast to talk about the the uh, the contraceptive I pill love. and just how it's more detrimental than beneficial yeah. for our own body wow well okay just like a small background story just because yeah. we're on the topic i was i was on the pill for shit, i don't even know like 15 17 years um and i stopped when i started my fitness journey i lost my period because i was overtraining, training whatever and i came off the pill to like see when my period came back mm. and okay. I started learning about the pill and I haven't been back ever since I was like no way like I'm, I'm yeah like, how was I doing this to my body for 17 freaking years how did no one told me about this but anyways that yeah. could be like <laughs> like yeah, a whole different, yeah because it, it it can go very deep and something that just yeah. to add it Something that made me so mad and still makes me mad that it will, the first instant thing that you they tell you if you go to a general practitioner, whatever they tell you, okay, get on the pill. Oh, you're you you you're depressed, get on the pill. You have bad skin, get on the pill. You you're gaining weight, get on the pill. You're losing weight, get on the pill. Everything I, is. I was yeah. I was put on the pill because I had horrible cramps, like. I would end up in the hospital every month because I just I would faint from the pain, and they were like, "Oh, just get on the pill." Yes, yes, and it's the, instead of fixing the problem. Yes, exactly. Starting to fix the problem with supplementation, such as like yeah. magnesium, uh, things, exactly. stuff that we are yeah. bad at, our body and lifestyle changes as well. Yeah. Yes, and but they, then, they just um, put everyone on the pill, and it's so horrible. <laughs> it's true. 
I remember one time I went in and because I had like really bad hormonal acne and they were just like, okay, just get on the pill. I got on the pill, the pill didn't do anything for me, but it gave me all these downfalls. I'm like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm not doing it anymore. But uh, definitely gonna bring you back again to talk about this because it's a awesome. good topic. Um, yeah. All right, um, let's get back to uses some detox. Yes, yes. What are your thoughts about those? And uh, to add also about keto. Yeah. Oh, no, keto. Okay. Okay. Let's let's do juices uh, fast and then we can go into keto. Okay. So my thoughts on juices and detoxes is that they are the biggest waste of time and money and you should run as fast as you can the opposite direction from anything like that. So our body yes. is perfectly able to get rid of all the toxins by itself. Our body is perfect like I, I don't think people in the i don't know in the 1800s they were like oh i need to do a detox and all these things and we've been <laughs> yeah. alive for thousands of years so our body does a pretty good job at you know getting rid of all this this shit and, and things yeah so we have our liver kidneys and digestive tract like our body's capable to of getting rid of everything okay and what it happens usually with these detoxes and juices it's a few things first um they dehydrate you they make you go to the bathroom a lot more so you do get rid of like some waste that you have in your digestive tract and you eat practically nothing for a few days so obviously you're gonna lose scale weight but that is not fat loss that mm, is what I we want that. so as soon as you get back into eating and drinking normal water um you will yeah. gain all that water and waste back um and yeah so and also something that's very important is that they put up risk your muscle mass which is exactly what we want to protect even if you have like little muscle and you don't care about building muscle that you should because it's important for bone health um yes. and other things um you still want to protect the little muscle you do have and i always say like we have this obsession like in the fitness industry oh protect your muscle protect your muscle but we forget that our lungs our heart and everything else mm, it's also muscle that. it's not skeletal love muscle but still muscle that your body that. can like reach to get energy from and we want to protect our organs like i don't know about you but i want to protect my organs yeah. as much as i can <laughs> so I, I yeah so um all these detoxes and shit put your muscle mass at risk and um, that is so much more than just your biceps and shoulders and glutes i mean it, it, yes. it is part of it if we're training for hypertrophy and whatnot but it's yes. so much more than that yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love it. and correct me if I'm wrong, but it could also prevent the absorption of minerals, vitamins and such important things that we need our body to properly function, especially as females. So um, I love that. And then to finish yeah. off, let's talk a little bit about keto. Um, <laughs> the, I love this. I see this all the time. Avoid carbs at all costs. I see like these keto Facebook groups and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my um, so what are your thoughts about this? Oh boy, I hate keto. And yes. I get so uncomfortable when I have to talk about it because I hate it so much. And people that do keto are so passionate about it. I'm like, oh, yes, they are. this is going to be are. really uncomfortable. But yeah, so keto, I mean, let's start off by saying carbs are the best thing in the entire world. But how could you live without like bread, pasta, rice, whatever? Anyways, right. okay, so <laughs> um, the 
The first thing that I always like to say about keto is that it was a diet that, or a protocol that a doctor invented back in 1920s, in the early 1920s, to treat epilepsy seizures in children. Okay, that is the goal of this diet. And at some point around the 70s, it started getting like traction for weight loss. Um, not fat loss, very important. Um, because fat loss is driven by the principle of energy balance, so calorie deficit. Um, so you don't have to get rid of, of carbs. But yeah, so the main thing, oh, the reasoning behind the keto diet is that when you limit carbs, um, your liver will convert fats into fatty acids. So important, carbs are your brain's fuel, okay? Very your brain only functions with glucose, which comes from carbs. So a lot of people that do keto report feeling lethargic or foggy, like brain fog, all this, it's because you're not feeding your brain, which again, I think it's pretty important. But yeah, so when you don't have carbs, your liver will convert fat into fatty acids and ketones, and that will go into a brain, like taking over the glucose as main, like fuel, okay? So that's why when you cut out carbs, you start feeling like shit. That's the first thing. Um, yes. They do. Like the first week or two, they feel great. And then they start feeling really foggy and like they can't focus and all of this. It's because your brain, it's like it's putting water in your car instead of fuel. Okay. Mm, so it's like, yes. like, what, like why would you do that? Like, I yes, mean, I love just, that. Yeah. I love that you mentioned about this because I don't think it's talked about enough that even though if we don't consume carbs, our body will try to get carbs out of, try to get um, not car glucose out of what we have in our body. And not only mm -hmm. that, like you might think like, oh, okay, but it's actually such a demanding process to have our body do. And that mm -hmm. is why we end up being also like lethargic, low energy and all these because we're yeah. making our body do much more than it already has mm -hmm. to do so it's not spoken enough and i don't think a lot of people who do keto know about this <laughs> even though we're not eating the carbs our body's still trying to produce car a glucose yeah. from what we have um ingesting mm -hmm. in our body and that yeah. to mention and to also add to the brain is that our brain itself just uses about like a hundred if i'm not mistaken like 120 grams yes. of carbs um mm -hmm. so it just it just opens the window that carbs are so important um for not only for i i've um i can't remember what year the study was but if i'm not mistaken a couple of years ago, um, they did a keto uh, study with uh, female adolescents, uh, with female teens, and they saw that the negative downfalls were that most, I want to say that about 60% of them lost their period. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mm -hmm. very important carbs yes. to not only for, for yes. us females, and, but also males because um, for in, and we can talk about the fertility and stuff that for males the flagella so the little thing that makes it swim it's it's composed by carbs so even males who yeah. do keto and they're trying to conceive it yeah. you probably want some carbs in there yeah you do yeah that's right um so our liver is capable of producing about 100 grams of carbs of glucose um so you can technically live 
or just like stay alive, let's say without carbs. But if you want like a healthy, optimal life, you do need carbs to support your brain function, your hormones. They are crucial. Fat are also crucial for hormones. But like you said, for reproduction, um, carbs are essential. So yes. yeah, it, it's very important. And I think those two like branches, if, if you will, um, about keto, that's super important to touch on. First one is that um, keto people, they're like, oh, if you do keto, you're going to burn more fat. And the thing with this mm. is that they confuse metabolize with burn. So if you eat more fat, you obviously are going to metabolize more fat because it's the only thing you have in your stomach. So what else can you do with it? Um, but burn is when you actually go into the fat cell storages that you have, that is what you want to lose, um, and use that. So again, it comes down to energy balance, calories in, calories out. If you can eat all the fat in the world and no carbs, if you are at maintenance with your calories, you're not going to go into your storage of fat and use that and burn that. So keto doesn't burn more fat. It just makes you metabolize more fat because you're eating more fat. And I always compare like calories and all of this with money. I'm like, why would you go into your savings account mm. and take money from there if you have enough in your checks account? It's the same. Mm. If you're metabolizing all your fat, you're not going to burn any fat. And yes. Yeah. And that's... And that's the problem we have also with cardio. Like, oh, you're in the fat burning zone. It's the fat metabolization zone. It's mm, not yes. fat burning. It's yes, different, I but people that. confuse these two terms. And then the, yes. the other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, go, go on. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, and the second one that people are like, oh, you're going to lose so much weight with keto. Yeah, you're going to lose water weight. So carbs, mm -hmm. um, like we said before, they get metabolized as glucose. So they go into our bloodstream as glucose, okay? And when we have more than what we need at a certain point, we will store that into our livers and muscles as glycogen. For every gram of glycogen, we store three to four grams of water. So if you get rid of all that glycogen, you will lose three to four grams of water per gram of glycogen. So that is a lot of water that you will lose um, mm -hmm. So on the scale, you're, yeah, you're going to lose 10 pounds. But as soon as you get back it's eating water. carbs and your body just, yeah, just metabolizes the, those carbs, you're going to gain it back. You're not actually losing any fat and you're not changing your body composition the way it looks. Your health, if anything, you're making your health worse. So it, yes. it really doesn't have any pros. It's all cons, really, in my eyes. Yeah. Yes, um, I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> carbs are Carbs are our friends. Um, so these are amazing. We talked we talked a lot about this. Um, I love the the myths, the your input about that. I loved everything that you had to say. I do want to jump into the next question and just ask you, like, what are the common mistakes that you run into, like you ran into your own journey that um, you you kind of like started do or you did as a newbie um, in the fitness industry. Oh boy, I truly, truly, truly did all of them. So this yes. could be a long one. But just to summarize, I literally did everything. And I was thinking about this question before. And I think that everything can be like summarized into not knowing what a calorie deficit was and over restric mm -hmm. restricting myself. So before I learned about nutrition, 
Um, so mm -hmm. I'm, I was a chronic dieter. I dieted for as long as you can think of. So my first official diet was when I was 11 years old and wow. I never stopped uh, until a few years ago when I got into like proper fitness. Okay. Um, so obviously in about 18 years, I made every possible mistake and I used to, when I wanted to lose weight, I would eat l little as I could for as long as I could. That was like my approach to dieting. So obviously I would lose weight and then I would gain it all back because I was like doing one apple a day diet, only water diet, um, celery diet, you name it. Like things where you eat literally two, three, four hundred calories a day and that's it. Um, and then I would kill myself with cardio spinning classes. Boy, how hard did I go on those classes? Um, and then also like Zumba, anything that would like burn shit ton of calories. Um, so obviously that wasn't sustainable. So one to three weeks in, I would just eat everything and then gain it all back. Mm. And this was a cycle that I was trapped in for years and years and years, like almost 18 years. And then at some point I learned about my fitness pal. This was probably like five years ago, maybe even more. And I started counting calories. I didn't know what macros were. I had no idea. So that's a big, big mistake. When you just count calories, that's a huge one. Um, and I used to count 1200 calories. So I'm tall. Mm. Um, I don't know in, in American, um, I think, I, I don't know. I'm 173 centimeters. I don't know how, how oh, okay. tall that is. Yeah. So it's, I have no idea. Anyways, and I have no um, idea. So it's 1200 calories. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. let's just say I'm tall. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just don't know. Anyways, um, and 1200 calories is obviously not enough um, mm -hmm. for someone my size. And yeah, so I remember so clearly like tracking everything, but only counting calories um, until Thursday. And then Thursday night, I would tell my husband, like, I can't, I can't, I need to eat more. Like I'm, I'm starving. I'm feeling like I don't know, foggy, and I just feel horrible, like I need food, and because I didn't understand, so I guess all my mistakes came from this, like, over-restriction, and not understanding this, like, principle I've been talking about, that I think it's so, so crucial, when you have this awareness about, like, calories and energy inside food, like, it, it changes everything, so, yeah, what other mistakes, I don't know, constantly dieting, that, that's a huge one. Yeah, that's crazy that you've been experiencing or you started so young. And um, oh, I think boy. it's very important to open awareness to our young listeners that we need to eat, especially in those prime years where our reproductive system oh. is being uh, developed, our brain is being developed, developed. or not only that, because but we're also in school, we're trying to do better um, for our future in college. We're need, we're, we need the food, we need the nutrients, we need all of these little things. Yes. And it's so neglected um, or not talked about it that much. And I'm very happy that you were able to open that to our young listeners that yes. it's, it, it's not, the, it's not it's, what we need. Yeah. It's crazy because I was put on this diet, obviously, by my mom because I was like a chubby kid. And um, I always say now, like, which is horrible, but it, it, it was a different era. Like, it was the 90s yeah. where heroin chic, you know, this bullshit yeah. about being, like, my mom was the skinniest person you can think of. And being 
skinny in my family was like good. It was desirable. It meant like having like good social position and whatnot. I mean, mm. pretty and yeah, yeah. So, and I was a chubby kid because I had a very horrible childhood with my parents getting divorced and whatnot, whatever, and being bullied at school. So I was a chubby kid. Like food was my outlet. It was the only thing that would give me comfort when I was like a kid. So yeah, so I was put on this diet and I always said like, I do not recommend, like, please don't put your kids on diets. They need the nutrients. No, let, yeah. Let, yeah, there's plenty of time to diet later. Like anyways, yeah. um, like I would take a different approach, but I know better now. Um, and yeah, so after I got into like proper fitness journey, so obviously I've been like dieting and doing cardio for many, many years, but I count my fitness journey. Um, like it started when I started strength training. Okay. That's the moment I say I started, I started my fitness journey. And obviously at that point I had, like, I dealt with a lot of body dysmorphia, like huge and all of this background that I told you a little bit about. And obviously I dieted and until I was super lean, but I got my period, I uh, lost my period. Like I told you before, um, I lost a lot of hair. I had like dermatitis. It was like so, so bad. It was impacting every aspect of my life. So from that moment, I had to like recover from being a chronic dieter. Like my journey started with a diet. I was like, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And then I lost a bunch of weight and I was like, I want to keep going. I need to be leaner. I need to be leaner. Um, so for me, my biggest like journey has been doing the opposite, like getting away from dieting and growing and getting into a surplus and getting comfortable with gaining weight and not being my leanest and all these things. So the diet, like the cutting phase that I'm on right now is the first one in 12 months, which is the very first time in my life that I have spent 12 months not dieting. So it's huge. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. That's really good. That's really, really good. Um, not to mention you're doing this now in a better and healthier mindset. So yes, it's yes. really, it's really important. And um, to wrap up on this episode, I wanted yes. to ask, what are your tips um, or advice for someone who is wanting to lose weight or lose body fat, but isn't yet comfortable with tracking calories? And mm -hmm. what would your advice be to someone who is wanting to lose body fat and is ready to start counting calories? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this question. So, so great. Thank you for asking this. So um, for the people that are not like comfortable tracking, the very first thing I would do is I would get curious about why. Why you don't want to track? What, what's behind that? Is it fear? Is it because you don't have the time? Because it really doesn't take much time. And like I said before, I always compare it with money. It's like saying, oh, I want to save to buy a house, but I don't want to track my expenses and my income. Like I'll just hmm. see if I can like save enough money to buy a house in two years. It's not how it works. So I would, like I said, I would really try to identify your why, first of all, and then why you don't want to like track what's going on there and just dismantle that belief system. Regardless, if you don't want to track and you have your reasons, um, that's fine. I There's plenty of things that we can do. So first of all, I will learn obviously about nutrition and like energy inside like the food. So we get an understanding of what we're eating. And I would like learn about portion control. So using your hands, for example. So a palm, it's like your protein, a fist would be um, carbs, 
two portions of carbs hopefully and then a thumb it's like your fat um, portion if you want to go with something like that that's a great way um, another way that I always teach is instead of trying to diet try to edit which is the same letters just put it in a different order so instead of diet edit what you're eating and just start making like better food choices so mm -hmm. if you I don't know you eat like full fat yogurt then just grab the fat free yogurt and just make better food selections so instead of going with a fatty meat cut go with chicken or turkey or something like that that will give you like better protein for less calories mm -hmm. um so Love without that. tracking you can make choices that will put you closer to your goal also meal prepping big one because when you get from home um uh, from work to your home um and you don't want to you know cook and you just order takeaway if you have your meal already prepped it's gonna also help you stay on track without um tracking calories and then of course just focus on drinking water daily movement resistance training crucial if you don't want to track especially um but always crucial and yeah you can just make huge progress without tracking but implementing these things so i Love think that, that the the less you have to lose or the leaner you are the more important tracking becomes like mm -hmm. i i couldn't do it without tracking but i only have to lose like maybe three kilos <laughs> um, yeah. you know what i mean but if you have like oh six pounds but if you have like 20 30 40 pounds to lose you have a, a lot like a bigger buffer or bigger range where you can just play around without tracking and just working on I your habits that. really yeah i love that and what about for someone who is ready to track easy easy this one's easy um just <laughs> i mean obviously you can still work on all the habits and you must um i don't think that tracking it's like a free pass to changing your lifestyle you do need to incorporate and create new habits but um the first thing is to calculate your calories i always recommend just going online any calculator will give you a ballpark so even if you yeah. use two calculators and they give you different numbers it is a ballpark and you have to just try it out it's a guess really <laughs> that, yes. that's what it yes. is and just um get your calories get your macros from that the same calculator and just try those macros for a while and like one two three weeks and see what happens to your body um take photos measurements and weight and and analyze the data and see if you're losing weight stick to those calories until you're not making any progress for a couple of weeks um so yes. well it's i love that. and then obviously drink water resistance training meal prep all of that applies even if you're tracking Yes, or um, invest in the coach that will get all that stress free from your life and tell you what you can do. Uh, but that's perfect. That is love the that. smartest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the smartest to avoid any downfalls in your health. But thank you, Cass, so much for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. I absolutely love this episode. And I think it's going to bring a lot of eye and a lot of knowledge to some topics that are not very discussed too much in regard of weight loss and the downfalls of chronic dieting. But please, I would love my listeners to get to know you. So please tell me where they can find you, all your social medias and everything around that. Oh, well, thank you, Don, for having me. I absolutely loved being here. Um, I love to talk about nutrition and all of this. I really want to bring awareness 
to this yo-yo dieting thing. It's horrible. It's damaging every female on this planet and we need to stop. We need to do better. And you and I are in a position to change that because we have the knowledge and we have the passion to do it. So I'm, I'm so grateful to, to have this opportunity. So thank you. Um, I'm on all social media. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, and they're all cast Bondi Fitness. So pretty simple. And I also have my podcast, which is called The Imperfectly Fit. Um, cause it's all about being imperfectly fit. You don't have to be Mr. or Mrs. Olympia to, to be fit. You know, you just need to take action and, and move towards your goals. So yeah, that's where I you love can find that. Me. Well, I love that. Thank you, Cass. Please, um, go find her and go follow her. Um, thank you for being here. And I truly can't wait to have you again on today's, on the next episode. Happy to be back whenever you want. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.